The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. everyone and welcome to episode 76 of the boys of tech for monday the 26th of july 2010 my name is edwin herman i'm joined by my co-host via skype brett king howdy brett uh, you weren't here last week we had some good stories in fact we got some catch-ups to do and so you might actually pick up what happened last week over the course of this episode excellent so I wanted to kick off with an update to the story last week about Blogatree being mysteriously closed down. People were speculating, why has this blogging platform that hosts up to 70,000 blogs was suddenly shut down? People were sort of saying, well, maybe it's something to do with copyright. And I think, in fact, I hypothesized last episode, last week, that I think it's something to do with FBI, CIA, NSA, uh, something to do with maybe terrorism, that kind of thing. And in fact, it turns out that the You're reason, right. <laughs> yeah, well, pretty much, it turns out that the reason is because secret messages from Al Qaeda were found on Blogatree's servers. Mm. Bomb making recipes, hit lists of US citizens. Not all of it was that hidden, really, because a lot of it was on one particular site using Blogatree, an online magazine set up by a suspected Al-Qaeda recruiter. Oh, yeah. What was that magazine called again? Inspire. Inspire. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's where they found a lot of the stuff. And uh, apparently the FBI contacted the hosting provider for Blogatree, which is Mm -hmm. Burst.net, Burstnet, and they apparently uh, took it upon themselves to shut down Blogatree. Now, it was reported, I think, in the news that their uh, hand was forced. Latest news, if it's to be believed, is that, well, according to Burstnet, they, they say that they uh, you know, made that decision themselves. Either mm-hmm. way, it, uh, it's a bit of a worry, and um, you know, I, I guess I, I was pretty much right on the money. You were. You were indeed. I don't know. It just Because it was so mysterious... And it just seemed to me, I mean, it wouldn't be copyright. That's that's not how, cop, you know, that doesn't work that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, that's, not how, that, right. that's no. not how they roll with the, their sorts of things. No, that's right. Didn't they don't just suddenly of... disappear. There's got to be, there's generally far more brouhaha around yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Copyright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's more of an actual story before the, you know, before the action with, mm. uh, with the copyright guys. Yeah. So that's an update on that one. Obviously, we have to watch the space because this is all going to, you know, obviously come out uh, in more detail as as the story progresses over the next few weeks. Now, we wanted to move on also another update, in fact, to a story I reported last week. In fact, just, Brent, for your benefit and also for the, for any new listeners that we might have joining us for this episode that didn't listen to uh, to last episode, a man by the name of Paul Siglia had claimed that he owned or owns, currently owns, 84% of Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he says that is because he entered into an agreement with Mark Zuckerberg to develop the site for Mark, and in return he would get $1,000 plus 50% of 
a 50% stake plus 1% per day uh, beyond a certain time or whatever. And that worked out, works out, you know, 34 days plus the 50% stake equals 84%. Now, the news this week is that Facebook claims that the contract with Seglia uh, is likely to have been forged. That's what they claim. Mm-hmm. So that's the latest on that one. That is. It, uh, I thought that was quite interesting. Nobody other than the Seglia person has seen the original document that he's claiming is uh, Mark Zuckerberg signed. Re- reeks of dodge to me. <laughs> well, you know, I when I first read that claim, I thought, what? How? How you eighty four percent of Facebook, exactly. But then on the other hand, I, I must admit, you know, I I can't tell. For, I can't put my hand on my heart and say I'm sure that this is is forged and that Facebook are right. A part of me, uh, albeit a small part of me, but part of me kind of thinks, does Facebook wish it was that way? And that's what their claim is. But in fact, maybe there was such a contract. I don't know. Well, yeah, but they they do claim. Um, well, they do state some other things which they. C- say are, you know, not open to interpretation and are indisputable about this dealing, whether or not there was or is not a a contract, they're saying that, you know, uh, Zuckerberg could not have given away any interest in a company that didn't currently exist or an idea he hadn't even thought of yet, apparently, based on the dates of these things. And there is a statute of limitations on these sorts of things. Oh, I see. And, so, and so this, even if there was a contract, that, yeah, it, it's Facebook has said that there, there, there is a yeah, there's a statute of limitations has expired for if this thing existed for Seglia to have actually made any claims. Okay, so and I guess from there we can conclude that it is pretty much. Why has he taken this long? Yeah, well, that that's the question I asked last week. Yeah, why? It's kind of convenient, isn't it? Yeah, which is that that instantly makes it reek of you know dodge to me. Well. Let me let me put it let me put this to you. If 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 you had coded Facebook and that let's say you did enter into such an agreement and that you'd have eighty four percent of it mm-hmm. and perhaps things ambled on over the next few years as if you know, there was no such agreement, wouldn't you actually wait until Facebook is worth a lot? Wouldn't you wait like now until it's worth six and a half billion dollars and then come out and say, Right, time to cash in, guys. Remember this contract? Yeah, why now? It's Facebook has been big and worth a lot for a lot longer. It's not like it's reached well, its peak now. I don't know. Has it? Hasn't it? Do you think it will keep growing? I, I, I would have thought it's it's peaked. I would. I, I don't know, but yeah, but still, it, I reckon it'll plateau from here. Could if you were only after a large chunk of cash, then yeah, you, you could have got, it, yeah. you've could have gotten a significantly large chunk of cash doing this last year. Why yeah, now? True. Yeah, true. Why has he waited and this you made, long? You was he waiting for it the... to absolutely peak? Was he going, well, I've got this thing which says that I can get this, and right now I could get several blah bags of cash if I did it now. But if I wait for just a little bit longer, I'll get twice as many ginormous bags of cash. It's like, well... I only need one ginormous bag. Yeah. He's either incredibly greedy... In which case, I hope it doesn't get anything. Or it's completely dodge, which is where I'm leaning. Yeah, I, I have a feeling you, you're probably right. And uh, what I'd like to know is... 
And I'd like to know who the hell signs any sorts of contracts going, you know, I want to get this person to create something for me. So to get him to do it, I'm going to give him 50% of the thing he's creating for me. And I'm going to give him a clause which will allow him to claw another 34% ownership of the thing. Yeah, that's that a I'm bit I didn't understand. Or me. Like- I'm going to get something to <laughs> somebody to create something for me and I'm going to hand over in the act of getting them to be the majority share and stake in this thing. I don't think so. Zuckerberg would have had to have been high and drunk at the same time as being deaf and smashed in the face <laughs> to ever have come up with something stupid like that. Maybe he was. <laughs> Yeah, no, look, that's a bit I struggle with as well. I know, I struggle with that as well. Because, like, he could have taken 50 days to do this, and then you go 50 plus 50 is all. He owns all of Facebook. Exactly. Something doesn't sound right. So what the hell? Uh, what I wasn't <laughs> sure is whether it had been reported accurately, and I thought, well, maybe there was a journalism error on that particular point. Maybe, but, uh, maybe I don't know. Sent to begin with, maybe it's 5% and an upwards of, you know, if it takes more than 20 days, you get another 20% or something like that. I would not... in their right mind would sign away something which would (laughs) allow somebody in the process to instantaneously have the majority share in it. Yeah, no, that's because even if it took one day, even if it took one day, that would still be 50% plus one, 51%. That person now owns the majority share. Yeah, you're right. That that doesn't seem some, I agree. Uh, That did say it seemed. Ludicrous, right from you know, yeah. the word go. <laughs> Everything about this thing spells dodge. <laughs> what I'd like to know, though, is if this is a false claim, and that if you know Paul Seglia is doing this, knowing that it's false, is is he going to be prosecuted for anything? Yeah, yeah, because isn't it fraud? Isn't he well, attempted fraud? Uh, that's if he, you know, it could be that he legitimately believes this because maybe the contract was sort of brokered by a third party and so on and they tricked him and so on. So, but if he, which is why I put the qualifier that, you know, if he knows that it's fake. Mm. Because um, if he does, then as you say, it's it's fraud. He's trying to defraud, uh, you know, Facebook. Yeah. Or at least Mark Zuckerberg anyway. Or well, mm. both, I suppose. Uh, so, yeah, I, I want to know what happens if uh, if it's found that he knows that it's fake. Uh, yeah, will there be any repercussions? Yeah. All right, now Dell has announced that some of the uh, motherboards that were being shipped had spyware on them. Yes, embedded malware. <laughs> yeah, on the, but it on only firmware. affects you if you're running a Windows Server operating system on it. Yeah, well, a lot do. <laughs> it's the uh, PowerEdge. Do indeed. Yeah, it's the PowerEdge R410 rack uh, server motherboard. Hey, well, no, you know, not wh- just that one. Sorry, there are four. Are there? Are there? Oh, okay. I thought yeah, there was the just the R three ten, the R four ten, the R five ten, and the T four ten. Oh no, there's a lot more than I thought. I thought it was just the one. So yeah, that's what you know. What I want to know though is how does this stuff get on there? Oh yeah, it's, it's the same old, same old. No, yeah, this is firmware. Somebody did something. No, not actually firmware. It's in the flash. It's in the flash memory of the motherboard. It's not in the firmware itself. It's in the it's flash in memory. The flash. Yeah, it's in the flash memory of the mother. But yeah, it, it's the W thirty two Spybot worm. I think it is in the uh, in the firmware because a technician from Dell uh, posted really? a response. Yeah, in, in one of the forums, and I quote from him: "This malware code has been detected on the embedded server management firmware, as you indicated." Interesting. 
The register is reporting that the malware was found in the flash on the motherboards, not in the firmware itself. Ah, now that's interesting. Yeah, so the, actually you're right. The register does in fact report that, and it, sp- it specifically says, as, as you've just read, not on the firmware but on the flash, yet the technician from, from Dell uh, seemed to think it was in the, in the firmware. So, mm. wow. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. It's yeah. getting, getting murkier. But look, whatever the case is, uh, uh, how, does, how does it get on there? How does it get onto a embedded, you know, whether it's firmware or, or in the flash, <sighs> well, it's, it's embedded, right? How does it get in there? Well, you know, it, it's embedded, but they're all connected when they're doing their setups. You don't think they go around one by one with a floppy diskette to, to flash their drives, do you? They'll be all connected to something, which so do you will think then it found its way into flash that? them all. Yeah. It's a limited number of them. It's not a, it doesn't affect the entire range. It's not like if you get an R uh, PowerEdge R410, you're not guaranteed to have this malware on it. Because only some of them. All of the motherboards have them. So, how do they, so what does that tell us? So, it's quite possible that some of those machines were all connected at the wrong time to get an update or to be checked or to be tested for something. And this thing slipped in. Wow. Somebody was. Somebody was using a, you know, a, a laptop as their test platform and it just happened to be a laptop that they also used to take home. I guess you'd have to be a, a bit of a numpty, though, to run a server with Windows and no endpoint protection. Oh, and indeed. Pretty much everywhere is reporting that if you're, it, it, this thing only affects Windows operating systems running on these servers and that it is completely defeated if you have any sort of antivirus anti-malware on your computer <laughs> on it so if you're running a windows server with antivirus on it then you should be pretty safe i can see one situation where where this might actually cause problems and that is in, in test environments so if you're building a test environment uh, and you're not bothering to, with your antivirus just yet and you put mm-hmm. one of these machines in and throw windows on and do a bit of playing around that could cause problems now yep it's not going to cause as much problems if, if, as if it was in a production environment. No, I, mean, I was just going to say exactly that normally your test environment is isolated, but it, it has a potential to affect everything inside your, your test environment, which can get a little mm. bit nasty. Yeah. Now, one of the stories I reported on last week on episode 75 was Apple's response to what Steve Jobs doesn't like being called Antenna Gate. Uh, yeah, he hates that word. Now, apparently Samsung via Twitter is offering free Galaxy S phones uh, to, to mm. iPhone users who complain about their iPhone. And one example is a response to a, a tweet on Twitter. And here's what Samsung UK, this is specifically Samsung UK. Samsung UK says, hi, James, we saw that you had problems with your iPhone 4. Direct message your contact details and we'll send you a free Galaxy S. Wow. Wow. Indeed. And this is this <laughs> this promotion is only being offered in the UK. It's not available outside, unfortunately. So all of those United States iPhone users who are upset with their iPhone, you're not going to be able to get yourself a free Galaxy S smartphone. But yeah. It's a very cunning move from Samsung. I think it's very it good. Is. It's it's a very cunning move. It's a good promotion for the, the Galaxy S, which is one of their new Android smartphones. Uh, a direct competitor to the iPhone 4. So It looks like a nice device. I mean, I haven't played with it, but it certainly looks nice from what I can tell. It does indeed. It does indeed. 
so apparently uh, Samsung say, we decided to contact a cross-section of individuals to offer them a free Samsung Galaxy S as a replacement, as we're confident that once people have the phone in their hands, they'll see how impressive it is for themselves. So mm-hmm. that was issued uh, in a statement from Samsung. Yep. Uh, only Samsung UK, and I, I don't, I haven't looked at the figures, but I'm wondering whether uh, in the UK Samsung has uh, a rather weak presence. That's my guess, and that's why they're trying to uh, make inroads. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I haven't looked well, at the figures yet. Yeah, it could be right there. Um, um, maybe the Android it itself is not, or the, the Android OS. Yeah, it could yeah, be. it's not quite as prevalent in the the United well, Kingdom. It, um, why else but no, it just it's be definitely a good deal. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I I wouldn't say no if I was unhappy with my phone and someone offered me a, a, you know something different. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, you could get yourself an iPhone four. Complain about it on Twitter. Get yourself nah, free Galaxy that might be S a risk and then though. Turn iPhone four. <laughs> that might be a little risky. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can you can take the gamble. Absolutely, you can take the gamble and then sell your iPhone four if you can, or, mm. or, or or just use it if you're still happy with it. I mean. Yeah, you yeah. Can pretend to be unhappy with it. So you get an extra phone. Not sure if you have to hand in your iPhone though. I, it wasn't very clear. I I'd imagine you you would, but uh, nah. You nah, so? I reckon it's just a giveaway. You you think so? Yeah, I, I reckon they're just going because um, it is a select thing. So you're not guaranteed to get it, but uh, a lot of people are. Yeah, I reckon it's just you, you getting a free phone. Look, here we are sitting in New Zealand, and we've heard about this promotion. And we've heard about the Galaxy S. And I looked up the Galaxy S so I could see what this phone was about. So I've already... <laughs> the, so the publicity stunt has worked, well. is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The publicity is probably worth more than the phones that they've put out. Well, you know what you can do if you are stuck with, with, with an old phone? You can trade it on Craigslist and you can actually trade up and get a Porsche. That's what one guy yeah. did. Oh, yeah. I love these stories. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just, a, you know, just like the previous one of the, the, the guy one, traded one paper a... Clip. Yeah. Traded a paperclip up to a house. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it, it, it's about bartering. It's Absolutely. the power of bartering. And you just do it in little baby steps, you know, a trader, you know. So this latest one, uh, Stephen Ortiz, he traded an old cell phone for a, a better cell phone, traded that in for an iPod Touch. And, of course, most people would be pretty happy there. But, no, he continued. He traded that up to a dirt bike and then a different dirt bike and then a MacBook Pro. And he traded the MacBook Pro in for a Toyota 4 Runner. Being only 15, wasn't really much use to him, he decided. So he swapped that for a souped-up golf cart. Uh, actually, not sure exactly how it was souped up. It doesn't say, but I have actually seen a, a jet-powered golf cart uh, on break.com, so you can check that out if you want. But that's another yeah. story. Yes, and I'm <laughs> and, pretty sure it wouldn't have been a jet-powered golf cart because I wouldn't have traded that away. No, you would have kept that, absolutely. Because then he Especially traded, not for a dirt bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. He uh, So he traded in the, uh, the golf cart for a street bike and then a series of cars, one of which was a 75 Ford Bronco. And a lot of people consider those to be collector's items. So he found the right person and managed to trade that uh, in for a 2000 Porsche Boxster S convertible. And there he is sitting mm-hmm. pretty with his, uh, with his Porsche right now. Yeah, so yeah. So how's that? And That's awesome, isn't it? That is awesome. Though the monetarily, the Porsche is worth less than the Ford Bronco was, but this is the power of barter. Well, that's the thing. It's I mean, something's about, only worth yeah. as much as it, you feel it's worth to you, isn't it? Exactly. That's the point of bartering. Bartering is about having, there's the thing that I want that you have, and I have something which monetarily might be more valuable than the thing that I want from you. But to me, it's less valuable than the thing that I want because I don't want it or I don't need it. 
anymore. And I'm quite happy to give it to you so I can get the thing that you've got that I want. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. I mean, you know, as you said, the, the Ford Bronco monetarily is worth more than the Porsche. But to him, obviously, he, you know, he was yeah, faced well, the Porsche with the, has that status and th- that sort of thing. It's a Porsche. That's right. And he, <laughs> he was faced with the, uh, the decision of whether to trade or not. He decided to. So to him, the Porsche is worth more, even though dollars wise, the, the Ford Bronco is. Oh, exactly. And it's all about bartering. It's not, he's not the first person to do this, obviously. But yeah, this is, <laughs> this is pretty impressive for a high school guy. Yeah, he's 15. <laughs> he's only 15. And he's, yeah, he, he apparently spent six, he was spending six hours a day on Craigslist yep. uh, looking for the right deal. Looking for the right deals. And if you put in the time, you put in that, you know, effort, you will get your reward at the end of it. The thing that irked me the most about this story and the, the stuff that came off of it is um, people who were saying that oh, he'll be up to grow up to be a great con man. And it's like, well, how is that the case? That none of this at all has to do with cons. No. This is not me conning you into thinking that what I've got is something incredibly valuable that you want to give me that valuable thing that you got for. No, this is me having something that you want and you having something that I want and us going, okay, we will switch those around and now I have the thing I want and I'm happy and you have the thing you want and you're happy. Exactly, it's, it's all out in the open. Out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's what yeah. every economy based itself on before money was invented. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, I have a chicken and you have bread. I want some bread, I'll give you my chicken. Exactly. <laughs> Makes me wonder how much I'll get for the spoon I've got in my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not a lot. You could trade your Roman (laughs) on the boys at Tech for something. (laughs) If you do that, just make sure it's someone good, because I don't want to be talking to some some numpty. Well, yeah, but it it has to be something recurring, you know? My cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. (laughs) A cheeseburger a week. (laughs) Cheeseburger a week and you can take my spot. (laughs) Uh, Maybe we should auction off a a spot on the boys of tech. That's what we should do. (laughs) Starting bid. One cheeseburger. Actually, speaking of auctions, I went to an auction uh, over the weekend. (gasps) You Mm. actually went to a physical auction? Not just opening up There is nothing like a real auction, really, honestly. There's nothing like a real auction. Listening to the ramble, the... Can I hear two, two more, two more? Yeah, the, the yeah, exactly the constant monotony of the uh, auctioneer. Auction. But no, yeah, I bought. I ended up buying a doll, a which I thought might be good for either for my daughter or as a present for someone else. I bought a toolbox, a stainless steel tool, toolbox, uh, forty five dollars plus GST, so about fifty bucks. And what was the other one? What was the other thing I bought? Oh yeah, a vice. 125 millimeter vice, a bench vice with a with with anvil. So, you bought a bench vice. Well, I needed one. I was gonna, you know, I was gonna buy one in in the shops, and they're they're usually about 150 to 300 dollars, depending on the on the brand. Yeah. And this one was 75 plus tax, so about 84, 83, 84 dollars. Yeah, that, that's not bad. I have a vice story. Go on then. I have a trading vice story of all things. What you <laughs> you traded up a, a vice for something? No, no, no. A friend of mine was looking for a vice. He was looking for a bench vice. And he found a vice and it looked pretty good in the picture and it was only 50 bucks. So he bought it. Then he went around to get it in his, in his little hatchback. And what looked kind of like a bench vice in the photo, the, the photo had nothing to compare scale wise with it. This was an incredibly large vice. <laughs> 
really? a really <laughs> big mice that only just managed to squeeze into the hatchback. No way. <laughs> this, that would have weighed a ton. Oh, yes. It, it, it weighed a lot. It was like 80 to 100 kilos. You wouldn't have been able to lift it. It would be a two-man job, huge. wouldn't it? huge. Wow. <laughs> I got to see the vice before he actually finally managed to pass it off, and he passed it off to his, like, his father-in-law or something. <laughs> it was hilarious. His endeavor to get himself a bench vice for his new bench. <laughs> what would you do with such a huge vice? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Sat in the corner of his, his garage. But you know, the, it could have gone the other way because most of the stories that you hear about, you know, where the item pictured is not to scale and you, there's a huge disappointment when you pick it up is the other way around. It's where it's tiny. <laughs> yeah. you, you see something that looks great and then you you go and collect it and it's just this miniature type cheap version and it's like, oh, oh really? Is that is that what I bid it on? Yeah. <laughs> Should have done my research better. Mm. <laughs> no, I thought it was funny. It's hilarious. Ginormous vice. I'd like to see that vice. Uh, can, can you um, arrange it for, for me to be able to go and see that vice? <laughs> I don't know where his father-in-law lives. Oh. <laughs> but he lives in Tawa. All oh, right. I really want to see that vice. It, it, must, it must have been huge. It was. All righty. One ginormous vice. And I think that's the uh, end of the show, Brad. That's it. Episode okay, 76, next. all wrapped up. <laughs> like a parcel. Excellent. To be shipped off to all our listeners. Shall we gift wrap this episode? Well, I don't know. What are you going to gift wrap it in? I don't How know. How do you electronically gift wrap it? Oh, I guess you could encrypt it. Like the, <laughs> That would be a pain, wouldn't it? Well, indeed. <laughs> Especially if you didn't tell them. How to, how to decrypt how it. How to yeah. encrypt it, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I think we'll go out on the uh, usual music. Thank you very much, Brett, for co-hosting the show with me once again. Always a pleasure, Ed. And thank you to everyone else listening to us out there on the internet. Love to have your company again next week. In the meantime, check out our website, boysoftech.com. Leave your comments there. Also rate our episodes. Love to hear from you. See you next time for episode 77. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.